0: This is Transistor.fm.
1: What can you expect when you build your own SaaS app? How does growth happen? Paul Farnell returns for part two, and man, it's going to blow your bootstrap and socks off. He shares growth numbers, revenue, and users, as well as insights on running an app in Europe as opposed to America. If you have a product team, you probably want to know where you're wasting time and how you can be more efficient, for this, I use Sprintly. It helps surface the things that slow down development so you can focus on shipping faster. It's project management software for agile software teams. You and your team can try Sprintly for free by going to www.sprint.ly. Listen all the way to the end of the episode today because we've got some news and shout outs after the interview now it's time to get back with Paul in part two. You, you mentioned that building uh, email client testing ended up being an actually a really difficult problem and you didn't quite realize that it was going to be that hard. And there's kind of a trend in, in a lot of that I've noticed that with a lot of apps, like there's some apps that uh, let's say take project management software so mm-hmm. project management software you have to get some things right like you have to get the user experience right and the the way that you you know how you have to have maybe a philosophy of project management behind it etc but technically there's not a, a huge there's not a huge hurdle there to overcome mm-hmm. but in in your case and even if let's think about something like stripe where there's actually like it's just like this mucky world that no one wants to go into so no one wants to go into email <clears throat> testing because that's yucky like designers don't like uh, HTML emails um, you have to deal with all these horrible clients you know and if we on the if we take stripe as a, another example you know here's another like really gross problem you have to deal with banks and payment gateways and you know it just seems what what do you think what what first of all like what got you through that point of saying, well, this is actually a really kind of yucky problem. Uh, Like it's not, it it ended up being a lot harder to do. What what got you through the development of that? And um, yeah, maybe just start with that.
0: Sure, yeah. No, I think that's actually really um, a very uh, perceptive thing, actually. Um, Yeah, you mentioned, you know, the trend of there being more, more things like this, and I think you're right. Um, yeah, um, yeah, you know, companies like Simple, as well as Stripe and that, folks who are um, there's a lot more kind of challenging stuff going on in the, in the back end than maybe the, um, there was a few years ago. Um, yeah, what got us through it, I suppose, it was, I suppose, just sort of relishing the the challenge of making it work, you know. Um, and that incredible satisfaction when you, um, you know, when you, it felt to me, I suppose, and I understood how it was working, but um, but it did feel just magical to send an email to this random address that was shown on a web page and then wait, and then the Ajax updating of that page, saying when the email had arrived, and then showing screenshots of that. I mean, even now, I, I still find that kind of just a, I don't know. It was a um, kind of a magical thing when we got it working, mm-hmm. um, because it felt quite different. It felt, yeah, it's, just, it's hard to describe, isn't it? But it, it feels, I'd say, more robust, but feels like a certainly more challenging than than building, yeah, you know, a to-do list app or um, you know, project management app. And that's not to make light of that because that it has its own challenges, um, but Yeah, it was, um, I don't know, I think, yeah, just relishing that challenge. I know that that Matt in in particular, you know, um, just loved building it and loved building something that people hadn't actually done before, you know, at that point, automating Mm. Lotus Notes 7, you know, (laughs) on on an old version of Windows uh, through all these, like, COM libraries and all this crazy stuff, writing, you know, C++ uh, to get this thing to work. To then deliver that result, you know, to a beautiful uh, Rails, you know, web app um, on the front end with this great design. just I don't know. It's a really interesting uh, thing to work on, I suppose. And uh, and it just yeah, it felt like a, a challenge, but in a, very much in a good way. Um, you mm-hmm. know, just exciting to exciting to get it to work.
1: You know, I'm trying personally. I'm trying to to uh, challenge. My thinking on, because when I get an idea, often it's here's a form, you input data, the data goes in the database, you retrieve the data, you show it to the user. That, there's a lot of web apps built like that. And there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of value in there too. I, I think there's still room in that space, you know, if I wanted to, you know, build another CRM or, or what have you. But the, there's this other space, you know, like the, I don't know what else to call it, but like the, this, the, that yucky stuff that no one wants to deal with and often we don't think about those opportunities um you you know like now that we've seen litmus and stripe and some of these other things we say man that makes so much sense like yeah you can see how that would be there'd be some hurdles to overcome but then you can see there's a great business in kind of these unsexy stuff that people just grind through on a Mm. you know all the time and don't even think about it. Just like, I just have to grind through this. It's an like an <laughs> un, unfortunate, unsavory part of my job or whatever, but there's like actually a lot of opportunities there.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I suppose we didn't, we didn't think about it, um, you know, as insightfully as that uh, when we, when we began you know we didn't we didn't see this as a, you know, like a barrier to entry like because we 're dealing with a really yucky kind of tough problem here we just um i don't know we just, <laughs> we just kind of built it because we thought it would be neat and it seemed like something that people were were struggling with and so there was there was value in solving that um but yeah i mean I'm, there were there are still very 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 few people um doing email testing and mm-hmm. um and, and also as part of our business now, we have an API and, and lots of integrations uh, with, uh, with partners who are using our email preview uh, tool mm-hmm. within their own applications, uh, you know, which I think just underlines uh, what you were just saying, you know, this is, it's a really tough problem to solve and that technology is hard to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, when other people, there's obviously lots of other people that need uh, an email preview feature as part of their app, they don't want to go build that whole, Thing themselves and so they're very very happy to come to us so that's a, a decent chunk of our business now is that uh, it's people outsourcing that, that feature to us
1: uh, as well yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to have you come back in a, for a future episode because there's a few things <laughs> that i've thought about that i'd love to talk to you about in the future one of those is um you know this idea of building a product with other people so so often we build things as you know, we try to build things as solo founders and it looks mm. like you've done a good job of teaming up with folks. We're not going to talk about it this time. The other thing I wanted no. to talk about, uh, that we're not going to talk about this time. People can <laughs> expect this in the future. I'll, I'll have to get you back is I, it looks like you've been able to build a great team as well. And, um, mm. I think that that could be an interesting subject. What I would like to f- talk about in the last minutes we have here is, uh, I think the marketing. So, what what have you done to grow this company from 100 sign up trials on Site Vista? What what have you tried that's worked? And maybe just give us a sense of you know growth, like how 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 does growth happen with a SaaS app? What could people expect?
0: Uh, yeah, good question. Um, gosh, we have tried all all sorts of things. Um, I mean, in, in, in terms of growth, growth was honestly it was very slow for the first. I mean, we're, we're seven years in now. For the first three years or something, if you look at our kind of curve of uh, of revenue, it starts off um, growing very very slowly for, uh, for the first two and a half years at least, um, and then kind of gradually picks up pace. Uh, and, and the last, you know, year or two have been really good for us, but. Um,
1: can you give us a sense of like where were you at two and a half years in?
0: Where were we at? That's uh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, well, 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 under a, a million a year. I, I, I would say probably, um, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, something like that. Um, like two or three years in, I think. Um, yeah, that that kind of region, anyway.
1: Okay, and and how many how many active users?
0: Yeah, good question. I guess I should know all these off the top of my head. I mean, I know our current stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh, I guess I mean probably in the in the region of I'm gonna get this wrong now, I'm sure, but like 500 or something like that. Okay, I mean, you know, relatively small.
1: And and how many users do you have now?
0: Yeah, I mean, users now we're we're up to uh, just over a hundred thousand, um,
1: you know, which is uh, oh, which is awesome. Wow! Yeah. So a hundred. Yeah. So from, so from around let's just say ballpark five hundred users two and a half years in, to now seven years in, you're at a hundred thousand. Yes. And so, uh, I mean, to me, that actually seems like fairly. Uh, Fast growth. What? What was there a big spike at some point, or was this just kind of gradually adding, you know, a thousand users uh, a month or something?
0: Yeah. No, I would say that there was a there was a spike or, or what felt like a tipping point. Yeah, um, around that kind of three year mark, uh, three three and a half years in, I guess. Um, yeah. I. I mean, it would be great to be able to say, hey, we did this, you know, these two things, and that's how everything. Um, kind of took off. There was a whole, there was a whole combination of things, some product, some marketing, um, that I think taken together, things, things kind of started to take off. Um, I mean, we, I I mean, I go over a few of them and it's because they all happened around the same time. It it is frustrating that I can't point to, to one that was great. And maybe there's something else here that actually made no no difference at all. Um, we opened an office in the U S so it was around that point that we, um, he kind of came to America, came across the pond. Hmm. Um, and at that time, we were still just uh, five people, three years in. Um, and, uh, and I was the first to move. We're all in the U.K. I was the first to move over here uh, to Cambridge. And, um, and I think that had an impact. Uh, we, we had a lot of customers in the U.S. And, and we also had a lot of potential, potential partnerships in the U.S., that we were losing out uh, to other competitors or larger companies of ours uh, that mm. were based in America, and mm. um, and I think as a as a small an underdog uh, that was also overseas, and our you know API agreement was in UK law, and uh, actually for for the longest time we were charging people in um, uh, in euros, which mm. uh, now seems crazy, but at the time yes. we thought. Well, we won't use pounds because, you know, it's only Britain. The euro means the whole of Europe. I mean, everybody knows the euro, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody knows the euro. Nobody knows the euro unless you're in a country uh, that uses the euro. Certainly, no one in North America knows has any clue what the exchange rate of the euro is. And certainly, I'd be shocked if you ever bought anything online that was priced in euros. That was one of our biggest mistakes, honestly. And actually, just. That is one thing. Honestly, I can point to you and say, when we switched from euros to dollars, um, basically that same week we saw a shoot uh, up in sales. It was, hmm. it was crazy. Um,
1: why? You know, the- why is that? Well, because I mean, I would say the same thing. I would say, I mean, Europe is a huge place. There's there hmm. must be you know thousands and thousands of companies and lots of dollars in play. How come? America is still the place where web apps seem to thrive?
0: Um, That's a a good question. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that... I don't think it's the only place that that web apps um, thrive, but certainly, you know, I think if you're selling anything online to the the English-speaking world, uh, you're best off charging in in US dollars. You know, I think um, that's... Just a just a given. Um, I think our mistake with the euro is, yeah, mainland Europe and, and all these countries are using the euro, but you know, we're not doing it in their language. You know, mm. or, so we sort. Of, I, I don't know. It was just this weird kind of in between. Um, it was all in English, but it was in a in a currency that um, you know of predominantly non English speaking countries. So. Um, but no, I mean, I do think that yeah, certainly. I can say, from personal experience, moving from um, Manchester mm-hmm. uh, and our, our office was in Leeds, just like an hour away, um, so kind of the north of England to uh, to Cambridge, Massachusetts made a huge difference just in terms of the people you meet and the kind of expectations that people have here was um, was really interesting to me um, you know people i don't know their their kind of goals and their um, what they're kind of aiming for is so much bigger here. It's crazy, mm. you know. Um, <laughs> whereas I think, um, I don't know, I think is this? it's such a generalization, so it's, it's unfair to really say it. But, you know, I think in Britain, at least, people were thinking, the people that I ran into, at least in the north of England, were thinking much, much smaller. Hmm. So it kind of opened my eyes a bit uh, coming over here and, um, you know, and kind of living that, In a way that just reading about um, this kind of thing online didn't do.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: The difference to kind of live it.
1: Yeah. So the environment, just being in this environment where, uh, you know, a climate where people, I mean, Boston is a pretty entrepreneurial uh, area. Is it Boston that you're in right now?
0: Hmm. We um I live in Boston. We're we're in Cambridge, just across the river. Okay. That uh, is where our office is. Yep.
1: Yeah. So that area is is quite uh, entrepreneurial. So I can see just sometimes being in that environment where everyone's thinking big and and everyone's kind of going after um you know something bigger than just a local market. That that can make a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it. Um. I mean, I really I do think it it did for me. Um. Yeah. Just yeah. Having that kind of energy around you made. So much difference, just at least for me personally, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think kind of reinvigorated us. And then, anyway, we began hiring people over here, and, and Matt moved over here as well. And now most of the team is is based in uh, in Cambridge. Um, but uh, but yeah, that definitely made a difference. having the the US presence and and winning some of these partnership deals uh, that I don't think we would have ever really got to uh, if we have only ever been in uh, in the UK. Um, which is a bit frustrating, I suppose, because you think that um, you know as a as a software company're online it's the internet it doesn't matter where you are it still kind of does mm-hmm. you know, some things do if it's a you know if it's a larger deal or um, I think just yeah it still it does still matter where you are whether that's um, just, just the kind of public aspect of the company and, and how much people trust you or uh, want to do business with you or whether it's even just a, your own kind of mindset and being around people who uh, who are like-minded and are, and are kind of working on similar things and there are these just these hopes of that you know mm-hmm. um, and, and the biggest of those are, are in America.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah now how, how big of a deal were those partnerships in terms of your growth was that uh, did that lead to kind of that that inflection or tipping point that you had uh, around that time? Um Yes, I, I think so.
0: Yeah, they definitely they definitely helped a lot. Um, I don't think they were as big a deal as we actually thought they were going to be, hmm. uh, in all honesty. Um, but but I think what they actually helped with. So for example, you know you can use um, you can use uh, Litmus's preview tools from within um, Campaign Monitor. Mm-hmm. A tool. I mean, I presume you've you've heard of it. Obviously, you work at a competitor, but um, but you know you can use lots of tools from within there. And um, and their audience is very much like web designers and people that design their own templates and are fairly tech savvy.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's been an amazing partnership. I mean, we love those guys, love what they're doing, love the integration, uh, everything about that's positive. I think on both sides. Mm-hmm. But I think what really helped for us more than just the actual cash. That came from campaign monitor to us each month, um, you know, through that partnership. What helped more was that affiliation with them and that exposure in a marketing sense mm-hmm. to their customers, you know. Um, and I think that we have gained a lot of business um, through that kind of referrals from them um, and, and made more money through that, I think, than actually through the direct integration. Does that makes sense?
1: Yeah. And, and how did you pursue that partnership? Did they approach you or, or did you approach them?
0: Uh, yeah. So with that one, they approached us actually um, in the very, very early days. So they were one of the first people that, um, uh, that approached us about that. It took us a while to actually figure out the details and, and get that partnership to sign up um, a year or two later on. But, um, but yeah, they were one of the first people to reach out to us and say, hey, we'd love to integrate this into our product, uh, which was actually, you know, at that time, we were getting a few inquiries like that uh, from email service providers. And that was a a side of the business that we hadn't ourselves considered, um, you know, this kind of integrations uh, side of things that that turned out to be, you know, a a great channel for us.
1: Yeah. 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 And what else? What else did you think that you've done that, that has worked for you in terms of, because the biggest problem a lot of people have is just getting people to know, first of all, know about your company and your product, and then getting them to care. So what have you done, do you think, in, in that respect, getting people to just even know who you are?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, in the earlier days, um, I think one of the things that set us apart was um, the design of the software? Hmm. I don't know how you know replicable this is uh, for other people listening here, but um, but at that time um, yeah, there were fairly few sites. There were, you know, sites. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the names. But like CSS Beauty, um, there were like a handful of these kind of showcase sites. That's that right. Would, um, you know, pick up on cool new CSS design. This is around the time, I guess, or a little bit after of the whole switch from tables to CSS. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and obviously being a tool for designers, um, a big, 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 big source of traffic for us was when we would get featured on these sites. Um, and so actually just, you know, trying to build a... We got featured a lot when we first launched a site, because we had quite a unique design with this uh, fruit, was part of it then. Um and then we got <laughs> featured at quite a bit again when we when we relaunched as Litmus and the uh, and the redesign there. So um so that definitely helped a lot to get the word out around our target audience um, was being featured on those sites. Um, I mean honestly I knew a fair few people in the industry through doing the freelance work for a while. So getting them to um to kind of share it and this is the whole blogging thing, you know kinda of big event. But um having people write reviews of us and share their thoughts on their blogs and that kind of thing in that industry that was all fairly close-knit and I guess still is. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely really helpful. I mean, maybe it sounds obvious. Um,
1: and, think, and, uh, and maybe give us a sense of scale. Like when when you convince some people to write blog posts about you, how many times did you do that? Five times? Ten times? Twenty times? Like what what kind of scale are we talking about?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a few dozen times, you know, that would be that we get written up, um, you know, maybe a couple of months or something like that, uh, you know, reaching out to people or, I mean, what we like to do as well is we would, um, uh, these all the little tricks that we tried, I suppose, but we would um, every single time before we launched any kind of new feature, we would uh, make that available to a, a handful of people. We would email out directly to, uh, to people that we wanted to to write about us and say, "Hey, you know we worked on this really cool thing. Um, I'd love to get your feedback on it like before we launched. Do you want to you know use this code or this link or whatever go go try it out um, And then they would be kind of chuffed about that and they would want to you know, write up a little post because they were one of the few people that got to see this like ahead of time and mm-hmm. that kind of thing uh, that's, um, that definitely worked well for us to kind give them something first. Um,
1: that 's a good trick, giving yeah, well, them something exclusive well. here's here's uh here 's a little preview just for you and yeah. uh because people like that and then they they want to share that that they 've you know they 've yes. got this exclusive look at something new
0: yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah definitely um I'm trying to think what else we did we once um, we it was at one of those future of uh web apps conferences. I think this must have been the year before. I spoke there. The one that I spoke at was the web design one. and maybe this is the future web apps before that. Um but so it was a big big conference in uh, in Britain and um it was like a thousand people there or something like that. And we wrote a script that would from their like conference social networking site, it got all of the uh websites of the attendees or the domains of them. And then we wrote um, a thing which would go and test their web page across all the different browsers that we supported, and then it would take a screenshot, obviously, of all of them, and um, and then we turned that screenshot into a business card using uh, Moo. If you use Moo for their yeah. business card printing, yeah. Uh, and so what we ended up with was this enormous, enormous number of business cards. And on one side, it was a screenshot of their website. And on the back, it was a little blurb about Litmus and a link to go view the browser test results that we'd done of their site. And then we didn't actually pay the conference anything. We weren't a kind of sponsor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I just went there, got a table put the table in the middle of the um, entrance and laid out all these cards across the table. So as you came into the like the, the hall, um you had to walk by this uh, this table that had all these little pictures on it and you kinda of look at it. Oh, hang on. And I think we had a little sign or something. And um, and you realise, oh these are all people's websites. Oh well wow, that's my website, you know, and then you uh you grab the card and you look at the results and at least we um we got quite a few sign ups for that
1: you that i love that. i love that idea <laughs> now th- i think this is where we're we're going to close off because this kind of okay. brings up something i wanted to talk about which is you a lot of individuals product people have side projects uh, litmus is a company that has side projects you guys launch <laughs> even this example you just gave that that was an interesting side project <laughs> so can you tell me like you said that one actually converted fairly well
0: Yes. Yeah. No. That was good. Yeah. That worked very well.
1: Yeah. And maybe talk about some other side projects you've tried. What What's worked and what hasn't? In terms of getting people to care about Litmus.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. The half. you know, I mean, I, I really like that way of putting it. You know, the, the company has
1: side projects. I think mean, that's
0: totally true. Um, yeah. We have tried all sorts of kind of separate, um, separate things. Um, let's see. Uh, lots have worked. Um, lots have not worked. Um, we tried a couple of different, uh, community things as side projects. So we had, um, a site called Doctype,
1: mm-hmm. uh, what's it,
0: an HTML page. um, and that was going to be a community for web designers. Well, it was, um, and we set that up. which was around the time, uh, that Stack Overflow had launched and we loved that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is before Stack Exchange or any, you know, even the paid version of that. Uh, you couldn't use their software at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and so
0: we kind of built our own that was, um, I guess, sort of model on their ideals, uh, but not copying them. Yeah. Uh, design-wise at all. And um, a- and we launched Doctype, and we launched that to our, um, our list of, of web folks that we had at Litmus. Um, but we did it, you know, as a completely separate thing. Had a little Litmus logo off to the side, um, and... Um, and that was that was good. Um, I think it was a great community. We had some amazing people on there, uh, mm-hmm. especially the, the top contributors. Um, ultimately, I think as a as a project to get people to sign up for Litmus, it was not uh, not great, and we did end up shutting it down. Sadly, mm-hmm. a few months back, we um, uh, we shut it down. We kept all the content, but it's all just kind of static, read only. So, you know, if people need the answers to those questions, it's all still indexed, but it, it would just uh, the community is no longer there. Um, I think the problem there for us was that um, it became more of a discussion forum for uh, web design people as opposed to email marketing people,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: absolutely fine. That's just not really our core audience anymore. You know, I think... Um, as I say, there are better, if you just want to do browser testing, there are better products out there to do browser testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, we we really need to reach uh, email folks rather than the, the web design folks these days. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so it wasn't really successfully doing that. It wasn't converting um, people as well as it could. So, you know, we have to kind of focus where we can. Yeah. And we shut that down.
1: Um, was, it, was there another yeah, side was- project, project that you felt like was, was particularly effective in kind of feeding a funnel into Letmiss?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's there's been a few. Um, Something that we launched years and years ago, actually now, um, was a tool called Fingerprint, Mm -hmm. um, which was uh, a way of um, letting you see what email clients, people on your mailing list were using. So you embedded this little bit of HTML code, and then you send it out to, you sent out your newsletter as normal to your list. And then we would give you charts saying, you know, X percent of people using Apple Mail, X percent using Outlook, um, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And actually at the time, um, this is fairly common now, um, or it's becoming more common as a tool uh, as part of other email marketing platforms. But at the time, mm-hmm. nobody actually done that uh, before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that was fairly unique. And so what we would do, we we put uh, our own we would aggregate all the stats for people that had used this tool and put them up there as charts. And that was like the only source of um of reliable information for which email clients were popular. Uh and so that got tons of traffic and actually it still does. And we we redirect it. People still hit the old URL. Um and um that worked really, really well. And that was so that was its own product. Uh you could pay for these tracking codes. Uh, The stats, of course, and the content on there were free. But that was really good. And that's obviously very targeted to, you know, if if you care about which email clients people on your list are using, then you're going to care about how your email looks across those different email clients. That felt like a much better, um, you know, uh, lead-in to to the core Litmus service. Um, And what we eventually ended up doing is folding fingerprint into Litmus, and now we have this email analytics tool, which is part of Litmus. Uh, that you get on, on certain levels of, of price plan, uh, which does the same thing and, and much more, and that's the, the analytics part that I touched on at the beginning. So um, mm-hmm. fingerprint is no longer in that sense. Um, but that was a great, uh, a, a very, very successful. I mean, so successful it became part of the core product. Um, so that's a nice example of something that worked well.
1: Yeah. You know, I think what's great that I've been able to, like Litmus, you do you do try a lot of things. So there's these side mm. projects, <laughs> and I, I think it's great that you can start something and try it out, and then if it you know if it doesn't work anymore, to either you know stop doing that, or if it's successful, even say, well, why don't we just put this into the product? That that that's fine too. Um, I I just love that idea of a company that is is kind of actively building side projects all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that we um we actually what we did um, I guess is a few months ago now. Uh, we did like a like a hack week. Here at Litmus, where everybody uh, dropped all their normal work, and um, and each each engineer built their own um, side project that had to be something related to, to Litmus. Um, and they did that in a week, and the goal of that what they, they absolutely required that at the end of the week by by Friday at like 3 p.m. it had to have been launched into production and announced on our blog. <laughs> and so what that did is, it, I think we have. Four or five um, projects came out of that. All like kind of side projects. There was an email client stats one. There was a um, uh, like an interactive page testing one. Uh, there was a, a Windows desktop application that let you use some of Litmus's features as a, as a desktop app. There was a whole host of stuff. Um, and each of those, then we've kind of tracked which one is is getting decent traffic and uh, what are people using and. And so eventually, you know, the the best of those will be folded in as part of Litmus again, and uh, and the ones that are less popular, you know, we may we may have to discontinue eventually. But but that was a yeah a nice way to uh, to within a week get you know five more of these uh, of these side projects up and actually launched.
1: Yeah, man, Paul, I'm going to let you go now. But first, you have to promise <laughs> me that you're going to come back sometime in the future, and <laughs> so we can finish this up and and talk about. I think I've got a whole other. A show just with some of the things we didn't talk about.
0: Sure, no, I would love to, Justin. That'd be great.
1: Perfect. Well, where can people find you online?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on uh, Twitter as unsalted.
1: Perfect, and you can see Litmus at uh, litmus.com, and um, you know certainly go and check them out there. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic. Thanks, Justin. It was a lot of fun. Now it's time for some news and some shout-outs. First, I'd like to give myself a shout-out. I'm writing a book called Product People Secrets. You can find out more by going to productpeople.tv slash book. I've interviewed some really great people like Jason Freed, Patio11, Brennan Dunn, Nathan Berry, Rob Walling. And right now I'm writing a book that will feature their secrets, the techniques, beliefs, and habits they use to launch successful products. You can sign up at productpeople.tv book and get a sample chapter as well as a chance to win a deluxe package when the book comes out. Next up, hover.com productpeople. Register a domain with hover.com and use the promo code productpeople, all one word, to get 10% off your order want to be featured in this shout out section. The cost starts at $39 and it's a great way to reach our audience of product people, designers, developers, entrepreneurs to purchase a shout out. You can go to productpeople.tv slash I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.